And this one was also like another Elseworld story. She was basically like in hell and like basically kind of like leading a soul. (laughs) She was leading a soul to heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Was she doing it? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah, she had like that's the (laughs) Welcome back for another relaunch in another year. We're in 2022 officially. Happy yes, New yes. Year, everybody. How Happy are you? Happy New Year, everybody. I'm doing great. You know, um, starting my New Year off here great. I, this past week has been fantastic. You know, um, I finally got a PlayStation 5. Um, oh. I know. I, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot you were on the team. But anyway, I finally got a PlayStation 5. Um, got to go pick that up. So I'm excited for that. I've told myself that, like, I feel like I'm a gamer and, like, I love video games and love playing them, but I don't feel like I'm, like, in it. Like, I don't feel like I'm, like, you don't a gamer like play for with people or, like, like, I play it? sometimes online, but, like, I don't, like, really play like that. Like, but, like, I really want to step it up. So I told myself, so I was like, if I got to play, I want to become, like, you want to be like game. You're gonna be. You're gonna be on like Twitch streaming, playing games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I want to be okay. that level. You know. <laughs> you know. Um. I, I mean, I'm a. I'm a gamer. I'm not on Twitch, but like I do love my games. I will sit there and play them for quite a while. Again, like I've been playing Destiny Two again later. I mean, a lot lately. Um. And I was just Great. playing something else. I started playing Soul Calibur again, but that was just so I could make like a Captain Betsy look. And then I started making all the X Men because I was kind of bored. Um, and I was like, damn, I, I mean, really we also like really game. need an X Men fighting game. <laughs> <laughs> it's time. We yeah. need one. Um, Marvel Future Fight just made their little Betsy skin for the Hellfire Gala. So she's like, this oh. is like her first Captain Britain game appearance. I was like, oh, that's so cute. Okay. Was, yeah, starting off the new year I'm, right. It's going to be really dope when they add her to like uh, that Future Revolution game. Mm-hmm. That one that like looks really good. I have seen that. That one looks really good. I hear good things about the game. You know, I don't play too many of the Marvel mobile games anymore, but I've heard like nothing but good things about that one. Yeah, I've played it recently because uh, they brought out Magic, so I just was like, oh, let me go back up there and play it, and like it really fun. Well, that's nice for her. You know, <laughs> always on the rise with. <laughs> she I know she, I'll give her her thing she's had like a nice little prominent rise from like the new mutant then you know the, that new mutants movie got panned I've still never watched it and I don't think I ever will but like I never ca- casting that girl is her Anya Taylor Joy mm-hmm. they snapped yeah. they did her right with that she she walked away so good for her and that yeah we won't talk about magic right now. <laughs> ah, let's talk about some new comics that came out in the new year and get this popping. And number one starting out on our list is a fantastic book that just continues to be good. It's Black Widow, number 13. And this issue comes from Kelly Thompson. And we have guest artist Raphael Pimentel. And this is actually like a story set in the past. And it's just kind of 
talking about Natasha on an assassination attempt as a Black Widow. She's got her little short Black Widow cut. You know, shout out to the short hair mm-hmm. fans. I'm not one of those. But they got to <laughs> with this issue. And like it, it, it just continues to be an amazing series. I don't know, like, the Eisner winning. Kelly, my girl, shout out to her. Because um, if there's hey. one thing that she knows how to do is put the girls through something where they're, like, fighting. And in this book, mm-hmm. she is fighting. Mm-hmm. The action scenes mm-hmm. in this are so intense, especially with, like, the dialogue that goes on with it. Um, and also, like, Raphael uh, Pimentel, fantastic mm-hmm. art. I think it's really, really great. Beautiful. Uh, right. I just really like, like this whole fight scene between her and the Living Blade, like, pretty much is the entire issue. So, like, and it's, fantastic. <laughs> it's the whole issue of the fight. It's great. I just, um, what do you kind of, like, hope happens with this series next? Because I think we both agree that, like, Black Widow, this is probably one of the best solos that she's ever had, and that it's doing a lot of things with her character that, like, are different than what we've seen before. Do you mm-hmm. want to just kind of continue on this goal of her with the Widows and, like, do, well, I'm sorry, they're not the Widows, her spiders. <laughs> That's your language. <laughs> uh, but, you know, with her little spy girls and, like, just doing missions, do you kind of missing her interacting with, like, the other people in the MCU? I'm sure. Marvel Universe. <laughs> it all bleeds together. <laughs> it all bleeds together. <laughs> That's why you had that slip because truly, like, <laughs> <laughs> That's how they really doing this stuff anyway. But, you know, I think for Natasha, I've really been enjoying existing here. Like, her doing her own thing, setting up herself in San Francisco as her own superhero out there, and just getting away from the whole, you know, I got to go back to the Red Room and back to Russia and all this kind of stuff. Like, I, I'm, I'm enjoying just this continuation of Natasha doing her own thing out in San Francisco and just being her own hero out there. The cameos are always going to be cool. Like, yeah. you know, the other <laughs> the other MCU characters or <laughs> the other um, <laughs> characters, I should say, are like, they can find a popover every now and then. Iron Man mm-hmm. can say, come say hi, whatever. But like, mm. I'm cool with Okay, that's cool. Um, what would you rate this issue? What would you rate this issue? Oh, I would give this a a four out of five. Agreed. Sure. This was like this like really action packed issue. I didn't know how Natasha was gonna make it out of this, <laughs> and it's like when high. she when she fell off that line and like fell to the ground, and she talked about like the ribs and stuff that were cracked. I was feeling for her and like the whole fight that she had with um the living blade was really intense yeah you know i love a good action i book. really also love the um thing that this book has started to become known for is like those double spray double spread long form action fight scenes that they have where it's just like yeah. in a straight line showing them every single artist who's been on the book has done their own version of it now and every single time it hits and it looks mm-hmm. really good and it's just like Keep that up. It's like a staple of this book. I hope like it's the thing that book comes known for. Yeah, I feel like they have to show how like quick Natasha like you know moves Ooh. around a room. Likes to do. Okay. Next book we have is Devil's Reign number two, and this comes to us from Mark Chip Zadarsky and Marco Chitesso. and um, it's clicking down. Oh. It's just 
The art is beautiful. The not art. The art. I was gonna say not the art. Michael is eating this up because this art is like, great. Everybody looks good in this book, you know. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like this issue itself was, was just a little weird. I feel like there are a lot of kind of things being thrown at us into the plot and the story of like. But it hasn't been acknowledged anywhere else, and we haven't seen it happening anywhere else. So it just kind of comes like, oh, where'd this come from? And it's like, I, I don't know. Do I feel like Chip may be able to bring it around and like make the story work by the end? Sure. But at the same time, it's just like, I don't know. Do we need more time before we got here so we could actually have a more satisfying payoff for some of these things that we're seeing right now or that they're doing? Or is it just like going to be kind of messy from start to finish? Like an Xbox. Yeah. <laughs> catch that and i don't know i feel i feel like like you said i feel like the art in this was fantastic but this this issue for me felt a little like i liked the parts more than the whole like okay. we open and we see iron fist setting up like that he's no longer iron fist and but obviously they're going to be hunting down all the vigilantes so he gets taken and um then we get a scene of Daredevil or Electra Daredevil um, breaking in and talking to Kingpin, letting him know that like this plan that he has isn't gonna work, and we see this thumb in his in his uh, cane, and mm-hmm. I don't remember that ever being a thing that he had like Purple Man's thumb in his cane and like <laughs> he could use that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little rushed. <laughs> he just. <died. laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that was a thing. Cool. Um, and then later on we get, we find out that, um, that Purple Man, I'm sorry, not, not Purple Man, uh, Purple Man actually is in this, like, container, this case or whatever, and because, like, uh, Kingpin is going to be using him for controlling, or he can't control people, he can just influence them or coerce them anyway, and in my opinion, he had this machine created by Doc Ock, and I thought that that was just a cool way to show that the, like, differences in how smart a lot of the characters are because he used it i think off of like technology that he found in the fantastic forest place but he had to like use make it himself so he's just not as smart as like reed but i did think that it was cool it was like you know i can make something similar um and then later we find out that instead of having iron man running for mayor against kingpin they're gonna have luke cage do it which I didn't know it was obvious, but I've seen some people online talk about like, oh, that was obvious that he was going to be the one running for, based off of this speech that he gave before. Um, <laughs> maybe I'm just slow because I, <laughs> so I didn't pick up. I didn't pick up on that at all. Um, but I did like him becoming the one to run for mayor because it feels as though certain characters in the streets, you know, I don't really get down there too often. But, like, it seems like some of them get lost in the shuffle. Like, they don't really know what to do with them. Like, like a Luke Cage anymore or Iron Fist. Like, they, how many times have they tried to put the two of them back together in, like, in a book? And it doesn't really go anywhere. Or do a Luke Cage. So, that, too. So, like, making him mayor and, like, putting him in the universe itself is, I think, is a really cool move. Um, I would have preferred to be Sam. And I think it would have made more sense. Oh, but then Sam's still a superhero. Like, I don't expect Luke Cage to ever be 
like out there being a superhero anymore, unless it's like oh, okay. he's definitely gonna he's definitely gonna win being mayor, obviously, and he's just gonna be mayor. But I don't ever expect him to be out there being like you know, Mr. Luke Cage, Power Man, Power Man again. Okay, that's fair. He does need something. I guess he can have that. You know, <laughs> and then they'll have a nice little spot for him to always be. Um, but yeah. Overall, like I said, I like the parts of this issue over everything else. Taskmaster beating the shit out of Ben Riley. Spider-Man, loved it. I think um, it looks like they're foreshadowing a Craven Electra fight, too, and I hope he guts her like a fish. Now, I don't know how he's ever going to do that. That man, oh, so Electra's going mean, to handle that. It's Electra. She loses a lot. Electra will handle that. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. What would you um, rate yeah. this issue? I don't know. This one for me is like a three out of five. I really enjoyed the art. The art is fantastic in this. I'm a big fan of Marco Cicchetto. But like, I don't know. I liked kind of the parts over the, the whole of like where this story was is going. That's Again, fair. this also is kind of an example of a thing that I've been having a little bit of the issue with on the Marvel side is mm-hmm. because everything is so like, MCU influenced and everything mm-hmm. is kind of just waiting to be a comic until it's in the MCU. Nothing ever feels like connected anymore. Like everything is uh, like just disjointed because yeah. they're just kind of waiting to do something in the MCU. So like this kind of story, all these characters are in it, but like how when is this happening? <laughs> like um, yeah. the fans four are arrested in this and like they're in jail, but like when did that happen? Yeah, and and that was another thing. I I guess it's like the suspension of disbelief is required of me is a little too great right now Mm. to like get into like to really appreciate (laughs) the story. It's like there's so many things like the Fantastic Four is in jail. For what? What'd they do? Well, they got arrested in the last one because they were saying that they were they have a lab in New York and like, oh, you are vigilantes. You can have a lab in New York. So, exactly. Like that don't make no sense. <laughs> That's what Sue said. They were like, you know, we have, <laughs> we have like we have permission to do this, and they're like, no, you're getting arrested. So just like no, it's like okay, whatever. I don't know. I give it a three out of five too. It's got really great art. Shout out to them for fantastic art. But I will say, you know, I do like Chip Zdarsky a lot, and I uh, we'll see. I feel like. There are some things that sometimes a book is just a little bit up and down. We'll see. Mm-hmm. This could be turn out to be something good. But next up on our list is something that is always good, and that is Action Comics number 1038 from Philip Kennedy Johnson. And we have the new artist of the book. Um, I'm not sure if he's full-time, because I do actually know that there's an artist by the name of Federico. This, uh, I can't remember his last name. He used to draw Aquaman basically he's coming on for the book for a couple of issues i saw some preview art of that but um this issue is drawn by miguel mendicana and it's getting real the authority is on war world (sighs) yes and (laughs) it's so good (laughs) they're getting beat like it's really bad um the the they're trying to break out and just they're getting beat down stealing some other folks mongo makes this a big speech he's got superman in chains he's like you know you can't win you're a loser the people of war world don't even want to leave they like like where they are 
and they're happy. That's wild. <laughs> and Superman just can't believe and they've got him in jail. I think it's very exciting, though. Midnighter is the only person who hasn't been captured or killed, of course. And so he, like, hey, comes up to Superman in I jail. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up to Superman in jail. And he's like, look, we need to grab everybody and get up out of here. And Superman's like, no. <laughs> He's like, we still got to protect these people. We still got to help them. Midnight's like, they don't even want our help. And I thought that was actually a really nice little moment for Superman and just the type of hero he is and showing his idealism and his optimism and his hope. And it's just like, these people, yes, they think they believe in them, right? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, this is kind of cool. And it's like, again, it works because we know his powers are waning. We know bad stuff is going on. And you're just looking at it like, damn, I kind of hope you win, even if the right thing for you to do is to get out of Dodge. Because again, these people don't want to leave. But I think at the end, when we see one of the prisoners making his S in the sand was also a very poignant moment. And this book just continues to be fantastic. I love it. I yeah. love it. I I did also appreciate in this book um, that we learned Apollo isn't dead the way I thought he was at last issue. <laughs> um, but he is dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, the other, but, the, <laughs> but he is dying because he did get sliced up. But the other girl, a light speed, she is dead. Um, and I don't know, like I said, like this book is just. I'm not really a big fan of Speedster, so I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, she was. I had never even really heard of her before anyway. Like, whatever, girl. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Okay. But uh, what would you rate this issue? This is a five out of five. T. When you're Ooh, right, you're this, right. What can we say? <laughs> Fantastic, fantastic art. You know, I really enjoyed all the art in this. Um, you know, I am a big fan of like these big, like very action kind of uh, pieces or whatever. And this was serving yeah. all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It so, looks like, good. I, like, I, shout out to this. Like you said, it should feel big, it should feel epic. And the artists have done that so far. And, you know, St. Perry was doing a great job of it before. This one's doing it now. Again, I've seen the artist who's coming on. He had, can do it. He made Atlantis look great. So I'm excited to see how this continues to go, how we get out of this situation. Like, are we? how long are we going to be on War World? I'm here for a while. I'm loving it. The new Mongol is great. Very, mm-hmm. very Mongol is. Feels like somebody who Superman should be scared of. When this, if this, I'm is really going up movie? for a Superman book. Oh my god! <laughs> Welcome to 2022. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the new year. Um, everyone, please pick that up and like continue to join in because it's really good. And next up is Electra Black, White, and Blood number one. Um, please, this is all you. Tell me what happened. What's going on? Okay, so this was a, or is a, like, Electra miniseries, and it's basically an anthology where they just are getting writers together and telling some Electra stories. Um, but it, I think it's a Black Label book. I believe it might be a Black Label book because it is pretty violent. Like, she's killing and slicing things up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say, like, I liked it, but I wish that, I wish that, there were more like canon-ish stories kind of told in it. Even though I know this is like a black label book, so obviously like it's not not canon. I wish that there was just a little bit more canon kind of stuff to it. Like it opens with there were three stories. Um the first one was called Red Dawn. It was by Charles Soule and Mark Bagley. He basically told a story of 
Electra being turned into a vampire and instead of like killing this entire town, she also had a daughter. And instead of killing her daughter in this entire town, she like fought off the urges and let herself be turned like burned in the sun the next day. Oh wow. Okay. I was like, That's depressing. Right. Right. I was like, this is a random one to open. Well, like, why are you open with this? <laughs> like, like who, is, who is this for? <laughs> Um, and so then, like, the next story was called Not the Devil, and it was by uh, Leonardo Romero. He wrote and did the art. Now, that one was good. Yes, that one that one was actually really good. This one was kind of pseudo, like, a canon-ish story. Obviously, it's not because it's a Black Label book, but it, like, retold some stuff about when she was one of Kingpin's assassins, and there were this, like, this family that needed to get 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 murdered and um how she like basically killed this entire family and like oh, not wow, a family but like a... yes <laughs> no not the kid that was the story that was the point of the story oh. was she couldn't kill she couldn't kill the kid um so but they weren't like a family you want her to kill a kid <laughs> <laughs> Damn! My gosh. Um, but they were like a warring gang, basically, and like she killed all of them. And like one of them had a daughter in the car, and like she couldn't kill the daughter. She left the daughter alive. That's crazy. You know, she couldn't kill the kid. <laughs> but, and I mean, the enemies kind of talked about it, where they were like, you know, I saw you earlier hesitate and. I knew you weren't going to be able to kill the daughter. That's probably going to be a problem. But she killed the man anyway. But she left the daughter. <laughs> well, shout out to her. What would yeah, you, and uh... the, the last, last issue was this another one called The Crimson Path. And this was by uh, Declan Shelby. And the art was uh, Simone D'Armini. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Apologies if I pronounced that. And this one was also like another Elseworlds story. She was basically like in hell. And like basically kind of like leading a soul (laughs) she was leading a soul to heaven (laughs) and (laughs) what's she doing in heaven (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah she had like definitely else world (laughs) take this soul and uh like you know lead it or whatever and she had to fight all these demons and it was cool because these demons they would like transform into like people from her past so like there was a bullseye a Daredevil, a Nick Fury, um, because she was like an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, a long time ago. And yeah, I liked that one. This one was actually really beautifully drawn. Um, like they used, it was all black and white, except the demons were in red. It was really cool. Um, mm, some, some great art. I mean, she like protected the soul, but like by the end of it, like she died. And then her, she got to like, you know, move on and ascend or whatever. That's also kind of depressing though. Yeah. Why she dead in all of these? Well, she got to die. I don't know. People like killing Electra <laughs> and bringing her back to life. But yeah. I'm going to be talking about her a little bit later. But again, I don't know. I liked getting more Electra content. They mm-hmm. varied in interest for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm definitely going to check out the rest of this series because who knows what the other issues are going to be like. Could mm-hmm. be. Um, Wolverine got one of these that was pretty decent. I, I think it's a really great... Uh, if anything, it's a really great showcase for the artist. Yeah, great, great showcase for the artist. I really enjoyed the the art, and especially in those second two 
issues for this. Okay. I'm saying two stories. What would you rate this one? I mean, overall, I'd give it a three out of five. The individual arcs, I probably would have given the first one a three and the second twos like uh, probably three point fives. Okay. Yeah. I guess if I you like Electra, check it out. Definitely check it out. Check that out. And next up, we have Captain Marvel thirty five, and this comes to us from once again the great Kelly Thompson. And um, I'm not sure who is, who's doing art for this. Uh, the art was by Sergio Davila. Mm, okay. And Tell us um, all about this is this is getting hot. Um. So this was the continuation of the last of the Marvels arc. Previously, Carol was like trapped in her in the dark Marvel. I guess is what it's being called right now, the dark Marvel suit. And uh, but she summoned this like binary form to like help her out. This issue opens up with this binary form like blasting, doing this huge blast against Vox Supreme. And then later on, Phila Vell shows up and she like helps out the binary because it's like kind of sentient now the first time the first time carol summoned this like binary projection of her photon energy it wasn't like a sentient thing it just like she like created this like construct basically but this time here it's like alive and um it's like it can like move and like feel or whatever um so they break carol out of her chains or whatever and then they free everybody else and then we learn that um guinness bell has also now been resurrected um because hazmat war machine um novar marvel boy spectrum spider woman and guinness bell they were all like the people that were in those suits before who carol was kind of trying to save um and guinness bell is the original marvel his son um so technically he would be like like Hulkling's brother. Oh, okay, okay. Um, because when the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, when he died, uh, the woman he he was like kind of dating back then, like she like took his, she took his DNA and <laughs> created a son, Guinness Bell. Oh, okay. After, after he died, she like took his DNA and created a son and like aged him up. And like <laughs> create the sun, oh, and that's what Guinness crazy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's who Guinnessville is. But then, like another woman who he was married or like interested in, I think she was the Squirrel Woman, the Squirrel Queen. That's how she he had Hulkling. Mm, Marvel was like he, kind of. I was about to say he got a lot, <laughs> he got a lot. even a right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I did see the um Russell Dowderman design like a new costume for like the binary form. That's hot. Yeah. It looks so they debut this in this. So be like originally she's just this like sentient energy thing. And then she kind of looks at Carol and she like just transforms into the costume and we see the debut of it, which it's a very great look. I will say this. The white suit. I will I will say this. Um It doesn't make sense how she got here, <laughs> because okay. like, um, and you know Kelly Kelly Thompson, my girl, but it doesn't make a lot of sense on how this sentient binary is there. However, okay. like she explains, Carol is like, it doesn't make any sense. I summoned this energy, but like now she's actually sentient. She can like move, mm-hmm. um, and then she like transformed into this costume. For me, 
I feel like it was more so that Kelly wanted to have like a moment where everything that was kind of connected to Carol was going to mm-hmm. be present for the for the final battle. So like okay. it's it's basically going to be uh, because at the end of this issue, uh, Vox Supreme shows up and he's got like basically an army of all these dark Marvel mm-hmm. suits of people. So it's like all of Marvel, Captain oh. Marvel, Carol's friends versus all of them. So it makes me feel like, okay, I feel like you just really wanted to have binary be present during this without having Carol become that binary level power again. Oh, okay. I can see that. So does Carol still have her powers while the binary form exists? Yes. And the way that they explain it is like, she summoned this binary form. First time she did it, it was just energy. But then like, I guess the second time that she did it, supposedly because of the Phoenix Force energy that is on. I know, I know. I'm over it already. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, so Marvell, when he died of cancer, um, he like basically turned into a planet. And I don't know if you remember, there was a tie-in during AVX where like the Phoenix Force, as it was coming like towards Earth, mm-hmm. it basically like revived him. Oh. So like, yeah, it basically like revived him. And when he eventually like went back away, I guess what they're saying is like it still had like Phoenix energy there from that. Yeah. That is disgusting. <laughs> so, like, basically, binary created from like some of Carol's photon energy and like the Phoenix Force. It's comic book like bullshit basically just for me i was like all right girl you basically really just wanted binary to to be there i mean i'm not mad at it i think binary is hot i think i know this is hot hot. like i'm here for it that's like honestly i'll never forget originally like back in the day when i was like really getting into comics and starting to learn about them and i would see carol as binary with the star jammers you couldn't tell me that this wasn't about to become my favorite character it, that's who was became my favorite character. <laughs> that's yeah, when I started it, to get into her. It was just like, oh wow, who was this like girl running around with this fire hair? And they, t- I like googled her, and it was like her power had something to do with white holes. And I was like, oh okay, yes. what's she doing here? This is hot. <laughs> yes, she had this connection to a white hole, so like that's how she became binary. And that was literally yeah. like how I was introduced to members was yeah her binary era. Yeah, she it was it was a so. Good, but then I found out she was like a drunk, so. That came after. So after she lost that um, binary power, she lost the white hole. Um, and uh, that became like a thing. She became like very uh, it was sad. down on she her luck with the alcohol. I, I thought it was I thought it was very sad, but it was interesting, really, that like she had just been abused. Like she had just come back from like the whole rape of Marcus thing. And then she well, lost. And that was like her son, too, wasn't it? Yeah, like that he like so controlled weird. her and like it was real bad. <laughs> it was they, really they bad. Do, they used to do her nasty. Poor Carol. Mm-hmm. She's risen. Yeah. Look at and her now. Now she's got a binary. Look at her now. Captain she Marvel. Looks, oh. She's out here living. And again, like I said, it don't make no damn sense how binary exists right now. But whatever. I want to see her. Mm-hmm. She looks cool. So yeah. that, that, that'll be a moment. That's going to be cool. Yeah. So now, and then at the end of this issue, uh, it's going to be all the the avengers and the guardians show up because Mm -hmm. 
obviously with Vox Supreme doing all this shit out there and like they need help because there's no way they could take all these Captain Marvel. So the Guardians and the Avengers are going to be showing up in the next issue. So all of the that's going to be really. Cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, that boy. <laughs> Maybe I'll check. Oh wait, it no, out. not Wicked. I thought we were talking about Wicked, but no, Star Lord is there. Maybe I'll. Check. Oh, him and Carol get along. Did they date for a little bit? No, I don't think so. I thought like they dated when she joined the Guardians for a little bit. Oh yeah, I forgot she was on the Guardians for a bit. I don't think so. I thought he was with Kitty Pride at that time. I think they had. Wasn't he like dating her and then? Then like, like the, the time the time frame of like Star Lord and Kitty uh, dating was not actually very long. It was like maybe a couple of issues, and then the next time we saw them, all this time had passed, and they had already broken up. Didn't they get engaged? Exactly. It was like they got engaged. <laughs> <laughs> it was like they got engaged, and then literally they was like broken up right after that. Oh wow! Yeah. Thank okay. you. I mean, although it's given it's given Star Lord like a nice little connection to the mutant, so I don't mind that. He just had his little Wastelander story, which is set with the old man mm-hmm. Peter Quill, and in the story he goes to fight the Shadow King. Oh, that's cool. Because I'd he rather like, him he... have a different connection to the X Men than that with Shadowcat. <laughs> Sorry, take you can get sometimes. It's like all right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would you rate this issue? Honestly, I would give this a four out of five. I really love the art in this. It's fantastic. Um, Sergio Davila, stay up over here with what you do with Carol. She's been looking great. The energy blast and all that stuff look really cool. Everything looks like big and bombastic. Um, and then, like I said, the writing for it all has been great too. Like, yes, it is a little foolish for <laughs> binary to kind of exist, but uh, the rest of the book is really good. And I like what they're doing with Carol and the last of the Marvels. Okay, well that's really good to hear. Um, I, I really hope she gets the fifty issues. That would be nice. I think she will. This is thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't see why she wouldn't at this point. Yeah, just another I mean, year. I, I feel like I feel like yeah, it's like another year, and I feel like is that cutoff is like thirty-five, thirty-six. When you're going to cut that book off, I feel like after that, <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead and let him, just go ahead and get, let him ride out. <laughs> yeah. like, we made it this far. I was like, go ahead and just get there. So I don't do why she would. Uh, next up on our list is X-Men number six. And this comes from Jerry Duggan and Pepe Larraz. And uh, we get the debut of Captain Krakoa, which let me say really quick. I think the Captain Krakoa suit is kind of hot. I think it's different. Of I like the visor. <laughs> I don't of know. Do. I'm into it. I know I, I see a lot of like divisive reactions to it, but I think it's pretty cool. The white lines. I do think the feet, the the shoes are a little like eh. But everything else. I like, the boots. <laughs> I like the boots and I like the gloves. I don't think I like the way the texture of the boots looks. Oh. I so like whatever. It. Everything like else is hot. Um, but nonetheless, um, spoiler alert, Captain Krakoa is Cyclops. Apparently he has died in public and he cannot be seen again. So he creates the persona of Captain Krakoa, or it seems like they create the persona of Captain Krakoa to still be on the X-Men so he can do his job. He's like kind of fighting the council about it, but they're just like, you need to get over it, buddy. This is what you got to do. Um, over on Mars, we see that 
Phalong has landed on one of the moons of Mars, Phobos, and he is setting up his own little thing. And we get those Iraqi mutants who also see it and Sunfire. Sunfire goes to him and he's like, you need to leave, but he's useless. And Phalong is like, I'm not going anywhere. So one of the Iraqi <laughs> flies up because he's like, okay, they're not going to disrespect us and just land on our moon. He goes up to try and fight. Sunfire destroys his axe somehow. He's supposed to be so powerful. And then Phalong like irradiates him and he's dead. Another loss for the Iraqi and those super powerful mutants that everybody keeps championing. Sorry to them. Um, you know, I feel like I feel like people may be um, conflating aggression with power. Those are two different things. I think okay. that like just because they came from a warring planet, that don't mean you're that powerful, sister. Because let's <laughs> not forget who came back to come help you. Okay, talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, but you know that happens. Uh, Fei Long beats Sunfire and this Iraqi mutant back, and he builds his own little space station on Phobos, and he's mm. saying this is for, like, humans and, like, for us to live, and this is our planet. We also see that he has uncovered one of the corpses of Nightcrawler that was left on this moon after Way of X, for those who don't know, he um, teleported that away, and it's oh, getting bad for the mutant. Yeah, that's what happened at the end of that, and that's why he was there. And it's getting bad for the mutants because they just keep leaving bodies and like all these clues to all of their secrets. <laughs> I guess I don't know. They should have someone to get into that. But nonetheless, we see Cyclops and he goes to talk to Ben Yurick and he wants to talk to him about like the big story that he discovered about the X Men and the Resurrection Protocols. And looks like Yurick has been mind wiped, probably by Jean Grey. And that's where we end the issue. Which is what we wanted her to do. I mean, let's not forget, not too long ago, you did say, girl, if you don't just mind, wipe this man and, and move I on. I did. I did. <laughs> I didn't say I disagree so. with it. I just said <laughs> Well, of course you don't disagree with it. Betsy does it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> with pleasure. <laughs> it's, actually, it's, actually her, it's actually what she starts with. Exactly, it is her preferred form of attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a mind but, or an Nonetheless, this was X-Men number six, and I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be 100% honest with you. I completely understand what this book is doing in terms of it being just fun, superhero fanfare, kind of like building the slow burn story for the X-Men in the background, and it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. This is actually probably gonna be my last issue. I think that <laughs> there is... And, and and this isn't even a problem that's like necessary for this like I mean specific to this book. I think it actually falls into line with the issues in a couple of X books that these team books don't feel like team books. And this mm. one, you know, it kind of started off saying that each issue was gonna just amplify a specific member of this team to like really talk about why they want to be here and make them this like super popular mutant for the month. And I feel like if you're doing that, cool. But at the same time, you still have the rest of the cast, and I feel like they don't connect. Even the scene with Sunfire and Cyclops when he was walking through, and he's like, oh, I'm here if you need to talk to me. Why would he talk to you? Right. He doesn't <laughs> talk to you. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like there are a lot of moments of character that are just kind of being skipped, and that we just like... Oh, that was, that was sinking Cyclops, but still. Yeah, like, who, who did I say? Sunfire. Oh, sorry, I meant sick, yeah. Um, but it's just like, you know, there are little moments of character that I feel like are kind of being left out, and 
I would say that like I understand because I know when that character gets their single issue, we'll probably get a lot of focus onto it. But at the same time, like if I can't have any build up from that story to like really make that payoff satisfying on that single issue, like if on Sync's next uh he's got the next one, I believe, for his spotlight issue. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna hear a lot of stuff about like Wolverine and like how he's adjusting to the team and things like that but I think about Sync as a character and when they did that data page however long ago when they were talking about the resurrection protocols and they said that he was like this depressed boy and he oh, was, like, was having trouble adjusting yeah and then you have like the stuff that did happen in the X-Men where he dealt with all the things that happened in the bowl and he lived for all these years and then you get into this book and he's just like so normal and he's so well adjusted and it's like again in his single issue, we might get this thing that he is feeling down or like that he's still weird about everything, but the payoff just is odd because it's like, I would still like to see some of that in the story and how he interacts with people and like what he does. Maybe like one day somebody's like, you know, think you're always up and today you're kind of like snappy or it's like, you know, he might just have a moment where something recalls and I feel like things like that are missing from this book. And while it's fun and it's like cool and it's like, yeah, it does what it needs to do. It's just like something missing for me that doesn't click. It's like a little bit of a lack of heart. And it's just like, eh, I don't necessarily think it's something that I feel like I need to keep up with every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If that makes yeah, sense. I, I can agree with a lot of what you're saying here because I feel that way myself. Like, you know how I feel about a, a team book not feeling like a team? <laughs> like, yeah. what was the point of it being being solicited as a team book if they're not going to ever feel like a team and with this everyone just doesn't feel like they connect with each other at all and i think it's because only a few characters are in each issue and in even that everyone is just doing their own thing like yeah they're not all like interacting with each other they're not kind of bouncing their personalities off of each other you know what i mean like we've been shown what every character's personality is but not in a way where it shows how they interact with each other and how Mm -hmm. that kind of like how those personalities clash so more stuff like that makes it end up feeling more like a team so for me when it's not like the superhero Mm -hmm. they're fighting enemy stuff it clicks down (laughs) and um you know i love it everybody know me i love a good uh superhero superpowers we are here mm-hmm. using our abilities and stuff. Those, that's my jam. But when it's not that, I still need more than just mm-hmm. whatever this is. <laughs> no, I mean I feel that, and I, and I will say, you know, again, I don't necessarily think the book is bad. I think there are some fun ideas. I think the thing with Fei Long is pretty cool, and him building the space station on Phobos. I think it's like super disrespectful. I do think there's some inconsistencies again with that Rocky mutants. So you mean to tell me that they be fighting Storm every hour on the hour? challenging her you got this one who flies up and gets killed and like then y'all don't do nothing like phobos just builds his space station with no problem like nobody else goes to attack like nobody else has something to say it just like happens i'm sure that'll come soon there has to be there's no way that phobos is gonna not become like the first planet that ends up getting destroyed because it's mm-hmm. probably destroyed by Araco. no no we'll see I mean, I'll figure, I'll find out in a couple months when it hits Marvel Unlimited. Or you might tell me when you read it. But Yeah, we'll see. I might stick around for a little bit longer. Okay. What would you rate this issue? Um, I give it a 3 out of 5. Okay. I would give it a 3.5. I think 
the art helps elevate it a little bit. Lorraine is killing it. Everybody loves it. Well, of good. course, yeah. Yeah. So shout out to him for that. Shout out to the artists. Y'all are carrying this. <laughs> okay. 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 Speaking of artists carrying, our next book on the list is Inferno number four. And that comes from Jonathan Hickman and Mr. Valerio Skeeti. Okay. Now, this issue is the end of Jonathan Hickman's time on the X-Men. Yes, it is. Do you feel like he went out with a bang or a whimper? Um, I think he went out with a bang. Okay, so you like this issue? Yeah, I like this issue a lot. Oh, okay. I had a great time with um, everything that was kind of like wrapped up in this issue. And Mm -hmm. for me, I never went into Inferno thinking that this was going to be as groundbreaking as Hoxpox was. This wasn't going to be the end cap the way that Hoxpox was the beginning of everything. Because mm-hmm. for about a year now, he'd been telling us he quitting. So this, to me, was just his last like thing at Marvel versus his finale. So for me, I'm mm-hmm. thinking I'm looking at this as like a a nice event. Like this just just a very well written, fun event. I really love this one because I got to see a lot of like Magneto in it, obviously. So mm-hmm. I'm wearing a Magneto shirt. Um, this is a nice show showing and, for Magneto for sure. Yeah, and um the way that everything was just kind of wrapped up and the way that uh we get to find out that the machines also feel the way that the the way the mutants do, which is like, how long did you think that we were gonna take the abuse <laughs> that you created us for and all this other kind of stuff? I thought that that was um, really interesting to see. Um, and the the Emma Frost reveal of her really, you know, literally giving Mystique the tools to to do everything was interesting and. Um, you know, the Aryan queen may need to be held to mm-hmm. the fire for that one because... <laughs> yeah, she's going to be up in the pit sooner than later. <laughs> it's coming for her, for sure. Her mystique yeah. and destiny. Maybe not destiny. She'll be fine. Well, we saw her skew what she said in the the issue with the, the different ways that things were going to go, depending on... I mean, but even so, like, and one, and, you know, really quickly, that also didn't really make too much sense to me because it was like, so you mean to tell me that you find out that Moira is creating a cure for mutants to like stop this thing that you guys have been building for all of this time and then Mystique kill her and that's a bad thing? And then also, if killing a depowered mutant is now something that's bad because they're technically human, what does that make the crucible? I think that that's, I think it's different because she said in this that it's not something like that machine that they used changes a, it depowers an already powered mutant basically. But I think you still have your X gene. Or like, I'm sorry, it makes you like, it makes you human. What she was trying to do was like, right, make everyone human. Like there were no mutants at all. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. 
So it's like, why would I, why would I punish anybody who's trying to do that, or like stop someone from doing that? I don't know. That counts because they that, still because they got that they got that rule that Jean came up with. She's a human, so like you can't kill none of them. I know, and and but and that's like where the problem comes from for me because it's like okay, well now we can't kill humans, but again, like we're killing them technically when we're killing them in the crucible, even if it is their choice. I think they're technically not. They're not supposed to be human, even though they are depowered. I think they like they still have their X gene. They, they just are depowered. <laughs> that's what that's what you're telling me <laughs> no um i mean oh so i'm not gonna lie i was a little underwhelmed by the issue overall i don't necessarily know what i was thinking going i don't think i was thinking anything i try not to speculate too much about books because i don't want to end up disappointed um mm-hmm. i do feel like this book this inferno thing as a whole itself was a victim to pacing um, and just like time as a whole. I feel like there were a lot of things that had to be thrown in there, obviously, that like Hickman was either working on himself or that he had to leave for everybody else to kind of like decide if they want to play with after he leaves. And so we just got a lot mm-hmm. of ideas. And there were certain things that I felt like I wish the payoff would have hit me a little bit harder where it didn't. Um, hold on, I actually made some notes somewhere so I wouldn't forget. Let me find it in my little notes app. Shout out to the notes app on the iPhones, everybody. It's great. <laughs> Yeah, um, I did I like mean, the I, I, I did like the stuff with Doug though. I will oh, say yeah. that. like I think That's that dope. whole scene. I think I, and I will say that this is one thing that I think Hickman does really really well, no matter what. It's just like when he gets a very small group of characters together, and just has them talking. Mm-hmm. Like everything with Destiny, Mora, Doug, and Mystique, and like the conversations that surrounded them, and just like seeing the future and all that stuff. Like again. And he writes Eight. Destiny very well. Like mm-hmm. she is, she feels impactful. She feels stern, but there's also like this sense of like nurture behind it. But it's like behind that nurture, it's like a killer. And it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, she you know is definitely a killer. <laughs> it's just like damn. So it's like she's kind of someone who you like root for, even though you know she's bad. But it's like you'd still follow her, even though it might get you killed. But it's like you kind of trust her because again, she can't see the future, so you know what's going on. Um, and just like that whole little scene was like great. I think where it puts Doug and just like I'm, I, I think over the last few years I've become a really big Cipher fan, or like admitted to myself that I'm a really big Cipher fan. And yeah. just his whole story that has been building and like kind of, I think he's gonna become king of the machines one day. You know, just the way he's building everything up, and how he gets involved was like pretty interesting and cool. Um, but other than that. Everything else, I was just like, cool, fine. I think, again, like you said, it was like a fine event. Mm-hmm. That was a little... But I just think there were like some pacing issues and some things that were felt a bit rushed at times that I, would, I wouldn't expect from Hickman no matter what, whether it was like a fine event or a great event. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think that it probably... This could have been maybe a, maybe an issue or two more. And maybe could have been fleshed out a little bit more and maybe shown some more stuff. But, um, yeah, I thought overall it was, like, a great way to kind of wrap up the main things for him as far as, like, the Moira stuff. Um, I definitely was not expecting them to make her human again. Like, that was a great, like, twist um, and kind of great way to kind of really, like, wrap, wrap that up. I know, right? (laughs) <laughs> I think they track her down and like 
get rid of her. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, and it's like so frustrating with her because it's like, girl, you really have such an unwillingness to learn. It was mm-hmm. just like you you did so you did all of this just so you could turn this into humans. She truly like feels as if she's lived all these lives, it's always gonna go this one way. So I'd rather just everybody be human. Girl. Okay. We'll see how that goes for you. Yeah. Enter. <laughs> that's what that's what mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then you know, so the big of course reveal at the end is that Emma has told everyone on the council about Moira and everything that they were doing. And, you know, they all just decide to keep it to themselves and it's going to be their burden. And now we're going to kind of see like the fallout of that in the mortal X-Men in the coming months. So the council now knows about Moira and all of that stuff. Again, it's a great way to like, kind of, um, I feel like Hickman has talked before about in the beginning when he first did this stuff like that, uh, you know, you never want to come in and just uh, break all the toys. You play with them and then you put them back the way that you kind of started it. And yeah. we kind of are back at the beginning now. There's a council and things and kind of just can keep going from there. Oh, he did say that, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That actually makes a lot more sense now to this book on it. We'll talk. We'll be obviously talking a little bit more about that <laughs> <laughs> and the things that he's brought up before uh, a yeah. little bit later. <laughs> um, okay. Um, it was like, well, what would you rate it? Oh, five out of five for me. I oh, love this issue. Damn, I had a, I had a oh. great time. The whole Magneto fight was fantastic. Nimrod is my favorite villain, so like, I love this. And like I said, this was a very great, a great story about like the whole Moira stuff and like the mutants versus machines and really deciding, like, you know. Which one of these do you really believe is going to always be the one, the winning victor? And who's who do you sympathize with the most? Because do the machines have a point, too, that they also deserve to, you know, not be treated the way that mutants and treat everybody else? Because they I came mean, through. the way you're going about it. <laughs> okay. Because they came <laughs> through that gate and was like, they killed everybody. The humans yeah. and everybody. They said, we hate them just as much as we hate you. So, and I, I feel get like it. that automatically puts you on, like, the losing team or, like, the wrong side. Because it's like, baby, the mutants might want to live, but we ain't out here killing nobody for it. You ain't right. have to do all that. Mm-hmm. So now, yeah, now, so now this is why we got to I'm also, let me also say, I'm a big believer in the machine uprising and, like, <laughs> And all that stuff. So, like, seeing the machine, no, like, I'm, you are, I'm not on your side. I'm sorry. I, although I... Sorry to my computers and my like lights and all that stuff. They but it's you. like, if you're trying to kill me, I'm gonna kill you. <laughs> all right? It's it's, it's like if we can live in peace. We doing it right now. Let's keep it that way. Let's keep it that way. But if you come for me, like so, it's like yeah, Karima, yeah, Nimrod. We could have let you be. We can make you a planet. You can probably make your own planet. Probably make your but own. But no, but no. What you want to do? You're trying to kill me and everybody. That I, no, I'm sorry. Great villains. Great villains. I yeah. give it a three five out of five. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, it was cool. Great art. Nice moments. Um, but I don't know. I just wasn't really moved the way I thought I would. Have been. What were you expecting? A grand finale? 
Maybe. I was also expecting some bishop, which didn't happen. So Why were you expecting bishop? Because he got crowned as the war captain in the first issue. That was one thing. Now, in the one, this is literally exactly. about Moira. This is about Moira, Eric, and, and exactly. Magneto. So we didn't even need it. What you do it for if you weren't going to do anything with it? Promoted him. You gave him something else to do. What else was he doing? Sitting around the in same, Marauders doing nothing? The same thing that he's still going to be doing. Sitting around in Marauders <laughs> doing nothing. Exactly. At least now he's he a captain. Like, he, captain just give him the, he was a captain already. Now he's just the head captain. Exactly. You don't even remember the title. That's just because I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was no bishop in there. I was extremely disappointed. I was expected, like, even, I, especially, like, and I'm not going to lie, when I was reading it, because I've been doing a lot of reading lately, and, like, one thing that Bishop was always known for back in the day is, like, he would come into the room guns ablazing because somebody was here to, like, kill Charles Xavier. And when they were, like, facing I always Nimrod, associate him with, like, the Xavier protocols. Okay, and that's why it don't make no sense when he shot him. But <laughs> like, when Magneto and Xavier were like sitting there fighting Nimrod, I like half expected Bishop to come in guns a blazing, like get off him. <laughs> and like, so I was like, oh yes, this is the moment we get the call back. This is something he always do. It was like, no, no, he was nowhere to be found. He's never anywhere to be found. <laughs> wow. He just needs. He'll get something. Now he has to, because he's the leader. I mean, they can talk about his war college, but we'll see. I think it might be too late for that to ever happen now. Gotta move on. (laughs) 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 But whatever. That's it. We're going to talk more about Hickman. But those were the comics of the week, guys. Oh, Shang-Chi number seven also came out. Everybody continue to pick that up. It was a really nice story about his mom and, like, their history. It's a little MCU synergy happening in there. I'm not going to lie. But it works for Sean because we've never seen anything from him before. So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Why can't Give it to him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get it. Um, but let's go ahead and take a little break, and then we will come on back for our panel. Let's do it. Welcome back, everybody, to the panel section of the show. And this week, I wanted to just do a who knows how long it'll be <laughs> once we get the chat. Um, but you know, with the end, with Inferno number four, this marks the end of uh, Hickman, Jonathan Hickman's time with the X Men. So I kind of just wanted to do like a a look back, a talk about this entire era. What we like, what we dislike, um, things we would have done differently, things that uh, are better than what we could have thought about. And just kind of like really dive into it and see what how our thoughts are for this. So now that Inferno has like completed and pretty much the whole Moira thing has uh, gone off into its own new story now. Mm-hmm. She can be hunted, whoever, but she's no longer like, you know, the secret thing anymore. So we can basically like kind of put an end to that. This is like that's done. There's a new chapter. How do you feel about the Hickman era? Mm. House of X to X of Swords to um, Reign of X. Like specifically Hickman in this era. 
Yes. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Um, well, both. Well, both, I guess. Um, Hickman, specifically Hickman in this era, and like the Krakoa era. Oh, um, it's fine. I think that is like truly the biggest way that I can say. I think that there is. I think that Hickman and like the X writers have created a connectivity in the books that we have not seen in a very long time. Like a lot of things feel like they're leading into other stuff that's happening. And I feel like they try to really pull things from the other stories. Like after, what was that? Exosaurus happened and like mutants could go to other world and stuff like that. In New Mutants, we saw Danny and Sean in other world. You know, we saw Wolverine, he went there to go do the stuff with the vampires. So it's like, I like that they try and do things like that. I think that Hickman, I feel like, I think I would have liked to see a little bit more from him. I feel like he wrote a lot, but I also feel like once the pandemic hit, especially, and the books paused for a while, once they came back, I feel like he was writing less than he ever. I think he even said in the interview that he, he said did, he was like, he was like, yeah, I've been writing less than I ever had for any other franchise, and I feel like that kind of really carried through. Um, I feel like that he was very strong in his storytelling and I don't think all the other writers always matched up to that strength and it's like fine you know everyone's not going to all the time but I also don't think a lot of them were strong enough to really like at least keep it feeling the same if that makes sense but keep the ship steady he, he yeah. kept it going but I don't know if everybody kept it steady yeah, exactly. And so I think it, in terms of everything, like a lot of stories, they were shaky and like they felt like they might start out well in the middle. They might be a little weird by the end. Like we might get something that is satisfying enough to say, OK, this was worth it. Whereas we couldn't just say like, oh, yeah, this was great all the way through. Um, but that didn't necessarily make a lot of them bad. It just made them frustrating. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah. I know for myself coming out of Hox Pox, I, and I obviously put the blame on myself. I, I'm a huge Hickman fan. He's probably my favorite mm -hmm. uh, comic book writer. Um, but coming out of House of X and Powers of 10, I was expecting that same like level of like very cerebral kind of talking with each other and like all this kind of, um, you know, high stakes and and very witty comments and stuff. And I was expecting that from everyone across the board, but not everyone has that same finesse that he does, which is my own, like, <laughs> I shouldn't have expected everybody to do the same thing as him because they're all yeah. different people. Um, but it was kind of frustrating at times to come out of something that I was considering like a 10 and then yeah. everyone else giving like a six. Yeah. I mean, I can understand that it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also, I think, the line itself. I think one thing that the Xbox does really, really, really well right now is hype. And yes. to and get you excited for the stuff that's coming, that's about to happen. I feel like, and I think I've said this before, I feel like it comes a little too quick. And every time we start to, like, really start to get in the stories that we wanted to see, they're already talking about the next big thing. I think about something like Way of X, which talked about, like, the mutants on the island and mutant babies and, like, what people were kind of doing in the day of the life. And that was something that a lot of people really wanted to see heavy on in the beginning of the Krakoan era. 
And now we're getting that, but at the same time, you've also introduced like Araco and the planet mm-hmm. Mars, and that's something that everybody really wants to see. And so then we get some of these runs that are like telling different stories, and it loses a little bit of that like zest that this is a shared island because it's like no all these people are just stuck over here doing this thing that feels old now compared to the rest who are over here doing this thing that feels fresh and exciting but then also we can't get too excited about it because it's going to change in a few months with the next big shift mm-hmm. and event. yeah like look i think about, i think about the x-men team right now we were just talking about that issue earlier and how it feels like there's some type of connection lacking in the certain members that I would love to see this team continue on and go for a long time so we can build that and like we actually have time to see it uh, flourish but they're already doing promo for the next X-Men vote yeah so it's like oh where I was in the space to give this team like more of a chance and try and connect with them and try and find that thing it's like it doesn't even matter because they're probably going to be gone in a couple of months It'll be a whole new cast of people. Yeah. Which like I personally am a fan of a rotating cast. Like I under I like a um where people kind of rotate in and out of stuff. But if you still have to really like establish everybody as like a team, <laughs> you know, like and like they kind of care for each other for the rotation to even really like hit. Otherwise it's just like I would just wait until you get to the team that I like. You know, or okay. <laughs> or or something <laughs> like that. Or the team of characters that I already do know a lot about, so I don't mind just seeing them kind of like do fluffy stuff and use their powers and have fun right now. I think that, and I think again, I think that's a big thing about X Men. This team is like, yes, they're familiar characters, but they're still really know. Like Sink just came back to life. We have Laura with all these people who she doesn't really know um, that well, and plus the stuff with her memories. Polaris, who's finally getting a big spotlight after a certain amount of time. Rogue, who kind of hasn't been doing anything for a very long time, back in the spotlight. And it's like, no, I've got Cyclops cl- crying about being Captain Krakoa. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is which is like interesting. Which is like again, it's interesting in its own way. But it's like yeah. I also still have all of these like character pieces that I really would like to get delved into, and I'm not getting them. You know, and I think that kind of really circles back to what would be something I lacked a little bit from the the Hickman era. I wouldn't necessarily say that was the case for a lot of his books, I think. Um, but just the era overall, I think sometimes kind of lacked a little bit of those like interpersonal connections that a lot of the characters had. We would mm-hmm. we would see their history through like the different lives of Moira or through just any kind of uh, like reference to a flashback of something, but we wouldn't necessarily see them like talk about it or like reference yeah. it in a way that they could like bounce off of each other and and talk about it in a new way. It was just kind of I- like on. Yeah, no, and I, I, I can agree with that. I even think about it when I think of Moira and just Inferno and yes, Moira has lived all of these lives and she's done all of this stuff, but at the same time, the Moira that we know or the Moira that we read about was one who was very close to the X-Men, who had like relationships with them, who was in love with Banshee, who was friends, who had them on the island, was protecting them and stuff like that. Yeah, she might have gone through all of this stuff, but how does she think they feel? Like, uh, seeing that reaction to her, like, just kind of pulling from this, it's like, again, just to make some notes of that, to be like, oh yeah, this is the same Moira, like, she really didn't care. She was just playing a part this whole time. Where it's like, maybe this is actually eating her up inside because she actually, like, her son is also on this island. Um, even though we kind of know she looked at him as just like an experiment. She did. <laughs> <laughs> and, she and, and again, and it's also like, that's something I would have still love to see a little bit more of. Like, 
how is that like affecting all of her decisions and like this lack of care? Like, does she sneak in on the island sometimes and never like look at Proteus like, oh, maybe I actually do love this little boy. Like, maybe I'll love him if he's not a mutant or something like that. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, that was apparently there was supposed to be a more personal stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, that uh, that moral book was, um, according to Hickman in a different interview, I think he said that, like that was what he used to entice Ewing <laughs> to join the X like line, um, yeah. which makes me interested into like was Sword ever going to be, like was that something he wanted to do or was that just something that was like kind of given to him, since the Moira book was no was no longer going to happen? Yeah. I don't know. I mean. I think that's something that he still wants to do. Like, he was also, like, writing Guardians at the time. He's been playing this space for a while. Right, that's just true. Yeah. Shout out to him. He, He's doing some fun stuff up there. Yeah. And I'm excited for X-Men Red. That's gonna be hot. <laughs> it looks really good. I think it's, like, you know, X-Men Red was one of those books where a lot of people were like, oh, they're super excited for it. It's like, I never thought there was anything to not be excited for. I always assumed Al Ewing was gonna write X-Men Red. And it's like, that's not gonna be bad. No, but that doesn't necessarily mean it will be great either. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> you try. <laughs> I'm just saying, only only because like it it could be something that it was not like marketed as supposed to be. Sword was great in the beginning, and then it kind of <laughs> took a nosedive a little bit. It was it it was great, and then it went into it's all right. Oh, that's because it turned in the storm in the Iraqi. <laughs> but I like storm, so it's different. <laughs> you keep trying to say that I don't like storm. I like storm. <laughs> I like watching storm do her thing, which I guess in this book we gonna get a lot of that. Like, yeah, I think, but I do think the cast of like surrounding her is exciting. Vulcan finally getting a little bit more shine is gonna be nice. That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he plays well in space. He was there before, like during the War of Kings, Realm of Kings. Yes, both of those. He was the uh, he <laughs> took over the TR. He didn't ask. He just took it over. Mm, that's gonna be so. That's gonna be a and one. like I'm sure him and him and Sunspot probably are not the closest of friends because wasn't he also trying to get with Deathbird? I think so. First of all, all these men trying to get with Deathbird. Let's talk about who did it first, Mr. Bishop. Okay, and she came up. <laughs> oh wow. Let's get it okay. Right. Like, if you guys, I was, I, again, I've been doing some rereading, uh, and I, I typically have to reread a lot of stuff with Bishop, because he's not in anything currently. And, like, when they were up in space it's with the Shi'ar. Marauders. So when she, he was up in space <laughs> with the X-Men, Deathbird, like, came into his room, and he was, like, reading a book. She's like, are you just going to read that book? I know you see me <laughs> standing over here. I know, that's right. <laughs> like, together. But, so that's going to be a really fun book. I think that's something to be excited for. I think Immortal X-Men is obviously something to be excited for. Like, Kieran writes great stuff. Um, Getting some Exodus I, content over there. I this know. is what I'm saying. I've been having a pretty solid week. I found out mm-hmm. that Exodus is going to be, like, one of Kieran's favorites in... Immortal X-Men, Vulcan mm-hmm. is in X-Men Red, got that PS5. Mm. Like, I think those, those two books great. are going to be fine. Um, some of the other books, I don't know. We'll see. Do you feel like, okay, so I felt like with, with Hickman's run, he really, like, expanded the line. Because mm-hmm. prior to this, it was really, you know, they always did, like, an uncanny X-Men and X-Men or something like that, where it was, and maybe, like, a couple ancillary books, you know, an X-Factor, 
whatever kind of extra Excalibur. But this Hickman era was like, like I think he started with like 15 like mm-hmm. extra books in the beginning, really outside good. of just the X Men, like the main prime title um, title. So like, do you feel like that is something that's going to become like the new? thing for the X books now? Like, are they always going to have, like, this very expansive line? I, I think it should. And, you know, I know a lot of people have different prerogatives on how many books a line should have. You know, I'm very much of the belief that you don't have to buy everything. You should only mm-hmm. buy what interests you or, like, characters that intrigue you. I can understand wanting to, like, try different things or get stuff in, like, see what's going on. But, again, I feel like if by five or six issues you're not gelling with it i don't know i think maybe you should let it go and try something again so it's like i don't mind there being a very big line because i know i personally wouldn't buy any all of them excuse me but (laughs) i also think that the x-men itself has such a wide berth of characters that there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to like and don't get me wrong i do not think that every x character created needs to make it everybody can't be famous i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think there are still enough very strong A through, like, D-list X-Men characters who can make up about 10 to 15 books on their line on a regular basis. And then when you do add in the rest of the, like, F through Z-listers who have their few appearances and find ways to elevate them and throw them in these minor roles, like, that was done with S.W.O.R.D. and other stuff like that. Yeah. Something that I like sword would be is really dope to see where you really just like put everybody in something, you know? Yeah. Um, but I always wonder if this would be something that they continue because you still want the books to sell. And like from mm-hmm. the Marvel side, how profitable is it to have so many sword books. and and like every other book that is just like it because you wanna have something for everybody. Or just I because you wanna have all the characters. I do think you have to find like a good balance of it. I think for as many, you can have a bunch of ongoing, not excuse me, not a bunch of ongoings. I'd say maybe like six ongoings, and the rest you could just continue to do like mini series or anthology books. I think the X Men is a series that greatly benefits from anthology books, or would greatly benefit from Agreed. anthology books. Like showing a bunch of different vignettes of like stories and like the characters and what they're doing on the islands or what they're doing on their little side missions. Like I think about there was that Marvel Voices story that came out last month that was focused on Latin American and Risk had a story in there. And it was just like one of her little mm. sword missions. And it was just like, oh, this is great. And like it, it gives her some character, it gives her something to do, it lets people see her. And you can have a bunch of those for again, all of those millions of X characters living on the island. And you could even go to Araka. Get them before they all die. You know, I <laughs> I had always said that in the beginning when uh, after Hoxbox came out that there should have been like some kind of Krakoa, World of Krakoa book or something that was just a slice of life of all the different X-Men that, you know, not everybody can be the star, not everybody can be in a book, but you could easily just show what everybody's kind of getting up to on the island and just cycling through characters, writers, artists, all that kind of stuff to really flesh out the stuff that's going on on Krakoa. Mm-hmm. That was the, one of the things that I really did wish that was kind of, that came out of of Hoxbox because the and island I, is so big, there's so many people who like have their faves, but everybody mm-hmm. can be used. And I think it would be one of those things too, where I think of writers, or I think of a artist who like want the opportunity to write something. 
you can let them do that. I think of like writers who want the opportunity to write certain characters, but they can't do it full time because they're caught up in whatever book. And like these little anthologies would give people the chance to do that. Or like you can continue to bring in new talent and like test them out for the waters to write future books and things like that. It's something that I think should be done. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, but that's kind of what I guess that little Marvel Unlimited series is right now. Yes. No. That's not really. I mean, only because I feel like that's telling like a very specific story. Do you mean like the X Men Green and like all that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's very telling a very specific kind of story. This feels like that is setting up stuff for Sabretooth, you know? Oh, okay. Versus versus it actually being more of a slice of life. Slice of life. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Although I think that that was a great idea, though the Marvel Unlimited, uh, I actually they're all pretty pretty good. I've been reading. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, and they are a great like addition to the app. I think so. Like, and like I said, Krakoa could benefit from, you know, those extra books or whatever. Why not just throw them on Marvel Unlimited? That's the word. Um, now, do you feel like? This now, actually, you know what? No, let's go into the good and bad. What has been like some of your like best moments so far during this Krakoa era? Your favorite? Oh, moments? I, I don't think we, anything beats Hot Pops. No, like, <laughs> like, no. I think even Hickman said that he was like, you know like, what? Y'all feel how you want to about Inferno, but I'll always have Hoxpox. <laughs> like, no, Hoxpox was truly a moment. And, you know, even just being a comic book reader and, like, being on Twitter and stuff like that and on the socials and everything, the reaction to Hoxpox was so unanimous across the board. Yeah. Everyone was just blown away. When we found out Moira was a mutant... Woo, baby. <laughs> Talk like, about was, a gag. I was like, There oh was, like, God. nothing like that moment. Of discovering more was me. The the issue where Destiny had Pyro burn her, like I would Ooh. never forget experiencing that. Like I had chills like reading it. I, I go back that that one panel where it's just like a close up of her face and like shout out to again Pepper Laraz and like R. V. Silva who were doing art for those books and it was just like so breathtaking. And I'll never forget listening to an interview with Hickman and he was saying that the Marvel editors actually didn't want them to be the artist for the book because they didn't feel like they were good enough. They weren't like big names. They weren't going to sell it. They weren't going to do what needed to be done. And it's like, look at what, what they the did. <laughs> like, see, look at what they did. For fighting. Like, come on now. Like, they made magic. Like, that Destiny, that gold mask, mm. and like, you don't see any of her face, but you still get all the sense of mood. And like, again, she has that sternness, that nurturing, that, that like murdering thing. And then when you would get to like the powers of 10 stuff, and you saw the things with Nimrod and Omega Sentinel, and like that Rasputin yes. character that everybody liked for some reason. Um, just like great stuff all around. Nothing's going to beat that. After that, obviously, Exoswords. Sorry, not sorry. It is what it is. It's fantastic. I don't think there should be anything to be sorry about because, like I said, There's when it was not. coming out, I liked it. There's I not. liked it. <laughs> um, I liked it. I the, the only thing I didn't like, y'all know what I didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> y'all know exactly what the part I didn't like, but we can move past that because the rest of it was great. I think also, you know, again, I think that. <laughs> she, was, she was crying bad, uh, but I know I do think also like the Hickman era, like it's it's a it's a it's a wealth of potential 
you know what I'm saying? Like the things that you have with these characters, like you said, like he's expanded this world. So many of the writers who have come in have added things to it, Teeny and like Otherworld and like merging that with Mutants, Jerry and like all the stuff he's done with the Hellfire Club and like even Spurrier, what he was doing in Way of X and like talking about religion and like just the facets of the resurrection protocols and how we see that, you know, it's like a lot of great things there that people can mine and should hopefully mine for like years to come. I think you and I talked about it and we were like, will the status quo ever go back to the school? I am 100% of the belief right now, I don't think we'll ever see a school again, at least not in the capacity of like it being in Westchester and that's all they're doing. I just don't see how you can feasibly go back to that after mm -hmm. this. Like that's, yeah. that's like kind of like too much of a return, return to basics where it's like, that's a little bit of a slap in the face. You can get rid of the island some way, maybe you can blow up the planet. You can like make it a little bit more sparse, but it's like going back to just the school no you know i um and he really did do a lot during this era you got the omega list that the girls won't stop mm -hmm. talking about about adding people to they're still um, aren't on it <laughs> still upset even though the definition i think is a pretty great one it pretty is clear and concise i appreciate that um there's been so many like really dope things about this Krakoa mm -hmm. era that I don't really see it ever really going away. Um, we'll circle back to that. But were there any moments that you didn't like or that you would have changed for this era? I don't know if oh, I would necessarily... I will also say that one of my favorite moments was my girl winning the X-Men vote. I love that. That was really nice. That was, that was like <laughs> that was... both nice and surprising. And like surprising <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> uh -huh. was like... I didn't think she was going to win. I mean, because I, I think also, like, you know, us being on Twitter and stuff like that, we saw, like, such a hurrah and call for, like, everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you didn't really, like, think about that, which is, like, so interesting when you think about it. Like, you remind you yourself how much... You talking about Polaris but me. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, it kind of reminds you of how much, like, a bubble we are in sometimes with, like, some of our social media. I, I remember when, like, DC was doing that round robin boat thing for their new book, and people were mad because, like, the Zaytana book won on Twitter. But it was like, no, if you went over to their Instagram where they had, like, a billion more followers, she got crushed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was, like, one of those things. So it's like seeing, like, all the hoopla around everybody else. Which shout out to the time for tempo because I was a part of that initiative as well. I like I want to see it. I like tempo. Um, but like all the other fandoms kind of screaming and then it was just like they put they that first. Remember she's left. She stuck the box. <laughs> Child, I was like, what? Y'all went out the way and like had a bot voting for her. That's messy. It was just like yeah. It was just like boom. It was like no Polaris won. So it was like that was kind of dope. That was exciting. And again like the X-Books and, like, the marketing surrounding them is really great at building hype and excitement for these things. And, like, when the community is, like, good and together and, like, they're having fun, it really is a really great place to be. Again, the day we found out more was a mutant. I'll never forget that day on Twitter. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so it's, like, nice that I kind of had that sense of community. Um, I mean, that's kind of what has really been injected into the X-Books and the X-Line and, mm -hmm. like, opinion is community like i feel like yeah. hickman has really like given mutants a community and their own culture um and really like shows how differently the mutant experience is from like a human one and mm -hmm. i'm a huge sci-fi fan and it it's obvious that hickman is as well because he basically turned like a lot of the stuff into star wars <laughs> so i appreciated that um you know especially with arako and like 
going into space appreciated all of that stuff so um i feel like there's a lot now that he's just like left there to be mined and i'm interested to see kind of like where where that would go but yeah what were any of the moments that you did not like or would have changed over it's like difficult to say because i don't necessarily think the moment there was anything that i really like disliked I, again, I appreciate a lot of the ideas and things that have been done in these books, and I think they're great and they're grand. I do think that the execution of some of them has been a little lackluster, and I would have liked that better there. But, like, that's not necessarily, like, a thing of the idea. Like, I think I'll be specific. Captain Betsy, I think, is a great idea. I know a lot of people don't like Betsy as Captain Britain because they think, like, it takes away all this other stuff and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, I think, like, what that does for Betsy and, like, how it helps expand her character and the stories that she can have from it and the things that she can grow, again, it feels very additive. It's, like, good. It's just she's not being a little Miss Kick-Ass right now. But it's, like, that's not Captain Britain's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just how the right. execution of this is. Like, the first... The, Teeny Howard doesn't. Re- it wasn't writing like a super action-oriented story, so she had no reason for Betsy to do that. And when she did, like her action wasn't really like that extravagant, right? So it's like things like that. I feel like could have been handled a little bit better. Um, the handling of Bishop, obviously, I think that again, how we talked a little bit earlier about like the feel yeah. of the books and that connectivity with some of the characters and how they interacted, and like even some of these books masquerading as like teen books, but they're really solo books, you know that was kind of frustrating on a lot of places. Yeah, a lot uh, of coherent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are quite a few places. Sword, you know, Excalibur. Yeah, I mean, it happened in Marauders, it happened in a couple of books, you know? <laughs> I think that has been something that could have been handled a little bit better. Um, but I think that, I think that when you get to it, it kind of just becomes like more of like nitpicky or like personal taste things. Again, I think, I think yeah. every book that has been created in this era has had like a really cool mission statement like even x factor which was a book that i didn't really enjoy at all like i, I was actually, gonna, I was actually gonna say that I, you know how i felt about x factor but i yeah. genuinely liked the premise of it the premise was great i would love to see it come back sometimes i think again it asks questions that needed to be asked i think the stuff about the resurrection protocols and surrounding them is really cool i just think that there's so many things that are great about this era that unfortunately again the execution of everything just doesn't always like add match up to it which is like frustrating but the hype is there the hype is definitely there that's for sure um and with that hype though i want to ask do you feel as if like this is now the new status quo i don't talk to you don't see them ever going back to the mansion but that doesn't mean they won't ever go back to you know hated and feared and there's only like you know mm-hmm. 500 of them or something do you feel like now that what Hickman has kind of added and kind of changed, you know, by doing the whole while you slept, the world changed thing, mm-hmm. that Krakoa now is the new status quo, that going forward, there is no, you know, mansion in New York or school or institute in New York. Yes. I don't, I don't know if Krakoa as like, as it is, will always be but i do think krakoa will be here like i think maybe like in a few years we might lose the resurrection protocols and then like death becomes important I can again. See that. it's like we can't yeah. do that you know i think that um maybe we'll get to a way where like a bunch of gates are destroyed and like we only have a few left i think we might get somewhere where like something happens and we can no longer do mutant drugs but i think that like krakoa and like where the mutants live and how they have that space is kind of always going to be this thing now 
I agree. I think that they definitely have now made Krakoa like its own like Asgard kind of thing where like that's where these yeah. things exist. You know what I mean? Like that's and where I think the mutants it works. Are. Like they always tried to keep the mutants <clears throat> separate from everybody anyway. It never made right. sense for like, you know, everyone to only hate them and but like love the Avengers and all these other people that use their powers, whatever, blah blah blah. Like this way you kinda avoid all of them. Keep them on their yeah. own. Yeah. They can come out to yeah. play like during the events and whatever, but other than that, like they're fine. And now their whole hated and fear thing is is in my opinion it's been elevated because it's it was done before because it's like why are you hating them for their powers mm-hmm. and then you got the Avengers or whatever at least there's plot holes there but now there's like way more of an intention behind it because like they really do have like a political power now or like yeah. there are other reasons for you to kind of dislike the mutants or whatever that feels a little bit less flimsy. Yeah. And then and, and even then, I still feel like you're getting their hated and feared stuff in certain places. I think about when I was reading New Mutants and like they had those issues where Armor and then went to go get Beacon Angel and like somebody attacked them and killed his parents. I think about Betsy in Otherworld, like they hate mutants over there. Like mm-hmm. y'all still hate and fear. It's cool. And I think I think in that New Mutants thing, it was like they got attacked because, like, the drugs or something, right? Like, they weren't, mm-hmm. they didn't get access to them or something. So that, again, it, like, adds another yeah. layer to it than just you being a mutant. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So I'm, cool. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm totally fine with, like, the island and all of that becoming the, I never need to go back to the Institute. I'm totally fine with being mm-hmm. on Kakoa and just, like, that's where they live and that's their own, like, little sector. 100%. Cool with me. Um, I don't know if there was anything that I would have like changed per se too much about this era. Like I said, I've really enjoyed a lot of what Hickman was doing, a lot of the different villains that he did. He wrote a great Lorna, Ex Source <laughs> Destruction. That's <laughs> my girl. <laughs> um, so I really appreciate all of that. Um, and like he turned the ship around, like. Yeah. Let's let's not act like the books before this were stellar or that we were like okay. <laughs> you know we all remember IVX. The Inhumans Air, the Terrigen Cloud. They were literally gassing mutants. Big yikes. And telling them that they were wrong. <laughs> then you had the X Men Blue and Gold and Kitty running around doing all that stuff. Mm. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> but you know. I think that Hickman really got kind of turned the ship around to the point now where like this is going to be the new status quo for them. It's just going to be up to everyone to kind of keep it continuing or and I hate to say it or until the MCU decides what they're going to do. <laughs> and then we do got to go back to be hated. Then it's right on back to the mansion, girls. Put your um, your blue and yellows on. <laughs> go boots on. We are back. Back. Betsy gonna be Asian again, honey. <laughs> oh Lord, Lorna gonna be back with havoc. <laughs> time to get it going. Time to get it going. Um, no, damn, damn the MCU. It's always messing something it's, up. They you know, will change something for you. It's always it's done my guardians wrong. Although it did great things from Wanda. Shout out to the Wanda fans. Y'all won it with the MCU. Y'all have won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was she was she was clicking all the way down. Okay. Six she, six. she had no story. Like it was either like she came up to be hated by the mutants or like she was getting possessed. Mm-hmm. She's done all that now. It's over. Now she can move on and do something else. 
She's about to, I don't know, she's about to do something. They've been building her up between Trial of Magneto and then, like, the Darkhold Omega issue that came out. Like, mm-hmm. she beat that, like, demon thing that always possesses her. She had this whole thing with Doom, and she was like, I'm done with the back and forth with you. I'm here to be free. It's me. She's the powerful doll now. Okay. All right, Doom. Oh, I love that. I will say I hope that they hope they get him right in the MCU because mm-hmm. he's magic, and I feel like previously in other movies for the Fantastic Four, they didn't want to touch that, but, like, magic exists in the MCU, mm-hmm. so I hope they give him his full, like... That's going to be exciting. Portrait. You know I like Doom. I'm going to try and figure out a way that gets me into Doom where I don't have to read Fantastic Four books. It ain't going to happen, baby. So or like, too many Fantastic Four. You might as well tap in. <laughs> Although I will say that there is a run that I was going to. We'll have to add it as a a reread or something. I think other people would like it too. It's um it's Do More, and it's mm-hmm. about. It's I think I era. remember that. Didn't he fight like Black Panther in that or something? Yeah, yeah, Black Panther Storm in it. Yeah. I think yeah, I think you would like that. Again, Doom is dope. I read a little bit of it just because I was like trying to get into Black Panther at the time. That's obviously him and Storm were married, so I was like trying to keep up with Storm. So I like kept dipping into Black Panther books, but they weren't that good. So Doom War is one of those times. (laughs) But (laughs) yeah, we'll have to reread that. But I think you would like that. Um, But yeah, I feel like I personally feel like the Hickman era, his time, not only his time at the X in the X corner. But like just the entire Krakoa experiment, I guess maybe you want to call it, um, was a success. I feel like he completely turned the ship around. Were there things he probably wanted to do? Obviously, we've heard him in interviews, like I said, for the last year talking about how this was supposed to be in three parts. And mm-hmm. but now I'm about to leave and uh, the pandemic shifted when books were going to come out. And I had to help everyone because we were like worried about not having jobs. So like obviously there mm-hmm. were things that were going to be done they had to shift around and they may do what they did but i think that like overall it was a pretty great a great success and this is not me even just like standing for hickman you know i'll call him out on when he can because sometimes his action ain't all that i will say Mm. that sometimes action in turning the line around and like doing something that was truly innovative and what the x-men needed yes he was a success roaring success i think the line as a whole and like the air I think is fine. I think the books are like enjoyable and good. However, I do find a lot more books more enjoyable. Oh, for sure. And they DC <laughs> books. That's what's wild to me. That's, the key <laughs> That's what's wild. That's what's crazy. So it's like I did. I and you know again like. We talk about books and we, we we try and have nuance when we review them and read them. Um, and sometimes even I can feel like maybe I'm being a little too harsh on this and being a little like pessimistic and thinking that I should just take it as it is. But when I read so many other things when everything else is good, I'm sorry. Some yeah, we gotta raise up. We gotta raise the bar. Like Which I, again, <laughs> I think the Destiny of X era seems very exciting. The covers that they've shown for some of the new books look really good. Again, Immortal, X Men Red. They seem to be making the wave. Um, Maddie and Magic are supposed to fight in New Mutants. I was like, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> they might just talk about their feelings. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> just saying. Knights of X. Maybe I think this may pick up the action a little bit. Maybe we'll um, remember Betsy has powers. Maybe. 
Um, we'll see. I think, again, and this is another reason why I don't really like to, like, speculate too much or, like, say, oh, I think this is going to happen in certain books. Um, just because it's like, I don't want to be very getting excited for Betsy to be using her powers and then we walk up and she's still just talking. Talking <laughs> about that. And, but we'll see. I, I do remain optimistic. I, I think that there is an enjoyment from a lot of the creatives on the line where they are excited to be writing these things. And mm-hmm. for, like you said, most of these people were here from the beginning. It's just a lot of the original crew. So these are their stories to tell. And I think they should get yeah. to tell. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, kind of a, if we ever get to the point of having new writers come in. We kind of are right now with like, you know, like Orlando is new on Marauders and... Um, we have Gillen coming in on Immortal, but like for the most part, we pretty much always had like the beginning architects of this stuff. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see now that Hickman's gone, if more new people will come in, it's like mm-hmm. what they want to change. Mm, that'll be the tea. That's going to be when it gets good. <laughs> or if they'll ever it. have a new um, like head like of X, because that's what he was, but it seems like they're not going to have that anymore. They're just going to unit what's going yeah we'll see we will see we will see all right y'all well then that brings us to the end of this panel section let us know what you thought about hickman and the krakoa era uh definitely send us your comments and let's take a little break and we'll come right back All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to your favorite part of the show and the first one of the new year, the relaunch section. And I think we've got some fun ones today. Well, I think mine is fun. I think, well, I think it's fun because I think the character's fun, of course. But I want to know yours because you seem really excited about it. So you go first. Okay, so um, I will say that this character is one we talked about earlier and um, she had the little like anthology issue come out. And although it was all right, it actually had an idea in it that I had thought about for her a while ago. And this is Electra. Now, mm. um, my relaunch for Electra is she's been doing the um she's been doing the whole Daredevil thing. And mm-hmm. while I appreciate that, um, you gotta let my girl be lethal again. <laughs> like she's proven <laughs> that she can, <laughs> she's proven that she can, you know, do the whole daredevil thing and not kill anybody. She she has a restraint, whatever. But like, he don't even even want to date her right now. He's doing his own thing. Let my girl go be lethal again. But you know, one thing I think that I've been starting to bring up a lot and really think about with a lot of these characters is who are they who are they gonna fight? She can't kill everybody. Like she can, she can't be out here killing and murdering people. But who she can? Vampires. I think that mm-hmm. I think that you could really lean into the supernatural aspects of um, Electra's, like the hand and like the magic and all that, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of stuff, and have her have some beef with Dracula and the vampires. I would also have her have some kind of team up with Blade. Am I talking about a relationship? Absolutely not. But I would mm-hmm. love for them to be like, we're anti you know, cool. Exactly. <laughs> Period. So, like, I would love for them to be, like, you know, like, cool, badass buddies. You know what I mean? Like, they both, like, kick ass together and stuff. So, I think that I would like to see Electra, if she eventually does take over the hand, I would love to see her fight some vampires. 
Give her somebody she can kill. Okay. I see you trying to get me. I tap in. I pick up the <laughs> you, you tap I'm in, the right? Electrical Ninja Ghost is already issue. badass. I'll tap in and pick up the first issue for that. I'll give it to you. Do you right. have, like, who you would like to write it? Um, you know, I would I would have to think about who exactly I would want to write it. I can't keep saying Kelly Thompson for everybody, but but um, I don't know exactly who I would want to mm-hmm. write it. But I do think I would want the artist from um, Action Comics, not Daniel Samperi. Actually, no, let me take that back. Um, the guy who drew Black Widow. Number thirteen, Raphael uh, mm. Pimentel. Pimentel, that's, yeah, yeah. That's who I want to draw it for sure. That this was, issue of Black really Thirteen, good. I was like, this could be Electra fighting a vampire. That would actually look really good, yeah. Um, and vampires increase the stakes. Like she can't get bit. This is she's got her little size, right so she's got to get up close, so she can stab in the heart. I get it. I see the vision. I'll t- mm-hmm. like I said, I tap in for the first issue for sure. You got me. <laughs> okay. At least the art would get you from, like, you know. That is true. Art. The art would definitely look like, this is high art. I'd be mean, like, I'm going to have to stick around just to go watch a couple pages of this. You no, got Dracula okay. come up while you're looking high in a little costume and mm-hmm. say something okay. sassy to her. All right. I like it. And he is sassy. He's nasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that one. <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's how Okay, I'm into it. Well, my relaunch is a character who is very near and dear to my heart. It's one Mr. Sam Wilson. And so his relaunch is, is again, a relaunch. I've been reading, there's this miniseries called The United States of Captain America, and it's got, like, Sam, Bucky, and Steve in it, and they're all running around in their Captain America suits and everything like that. And I've just been thinking about Sam a lot lately, his place in the MCU, which we know is probably going to mean something in a couple of months, and just him in general. And I think for my relaunch, I would be ready to make him Captain America again, like full time. I think that I think that there was a time when Sam was Captain America, we always kind of felt like, okay, he's going to go back to being Falcon and we're going to try and like make Falcon just like be its own thing and like stand firm in it. But I think Sam as Captain America was a, a little bit too impactful to the point that now when you kind of look at him, you really only see him as Captain America. And that's been expanded again by him now being Captain America in the MCU. It's like rebranded in your brain. It's like, oh, okay, he had like a pretty monumental run. It was like written well. And then on top of that, the Falcon thing, they just keep putting him back in the Captain America suit anyway. Like every story he has had since going back to be Falcon has, like, except for the first one that was in that uh, series he had, which wasn't that great. Please don't go read it. Um, But ever since then, all they do is, like, put him back in the Captain America suit to, like, have him have that moment. So I would just make him Captain America full time again. However, I got a few changes this go around. A, we get a brand new suit. The original Captain America suit is great. Like, it's had its moments. It's made its MCU debut. It's time to do something new now. Steve has had a couple cap suits. Like I think Sam can have a couple as well. And that suits his cap suits iconic. Like it's like I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like it looked it looked good as it looked cool as hell on um 
on the on in the MCU and like that and when they brought it to life, like that was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it looked good and like the wings and all that stuff and how you added in, like it just works. So give him me it can be Captain America, he'd have his new suit. Um i whether Steve is still Cap or not, whatever, it doesn't really matter to me. I feel like Steve is in a space although he is Captain America, he's also played so many other roles, like as super soldier and just like old man Steve. We've seen him do all these other things. We don't mind. We know he's always still gonna have a shield of his own, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um but I would have him do that, new suit, and I don't know if this is a little cliche, but I would have uh, Wilson Fisk become president. And Oh, you will go all the way, okay. Yes, like Fisk would be president, he would have his uh, moment, and Sam would be like his personal like bodyguard, liaison person who's kind of like watching over him at times. And I think it would be really interesting to A, kind of put Sam and Fisk together and get that experience. And then like knowing that Fisk is trying to do things that are probably bad as a president while Sam is like someone who's supposed to be protecting him while also trying to thwart those bad plans would be a nice little back and Mm. forth that those two could have. And it's like, okay, like, yes, Fisk is sending you to this country as his like Captain America liaison to do I don't know, like, destroy a pipeline. But, like, Sam was like, you know I'm not going to destroy this pipeline. (laughs) But it's like... (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, you know, he also has to do something because it's like, this is the president and somebody needs to keep an eye on him because he is Wilson Fisk. Okay, so you're elevating Fisk up to president and then now you have Captain America who's got to have some conflicts with. I'm into it. That's my thing. I think it's time. And I think he needs a new suit. A new suit for sure. He definitely needs a new suit. And you know, I I, I think the first suit proved that it can like work with the wings. And that there shouldn't really mm. be an issue to like have another one that you can work with the wings. And I just think it would be interesting. I think I would want Valerio Skeeti to design the new suit. Ooh, okay. Because I really like his stuff. Um, to write this, I want a black man to write Sam this go round. Mm. So I would give it to Brandon Thomas. Oh yes. Yeah. Because that was one thing that Sam never got before. Like, Spencer was, I personally think Spencer did a really good job. Oh, that's actually not true. Well, Sam's been written by a black man when he was Falcon in that series by Rodney Bond. But not as Cap. But not as Cap. And that's what I would like to see. Okay. Is he going to stay Cap? Is that like, do you see him like he's Captain America now? Yeah, I kind of think the Falcon identity is dead for him. Especially okay. since, like, in his book, they introduced a new guy to be Falcon, who ended up being, like, one oh, of the Oh, that's champions. true. So it's just, yeah. like, just let him be Captain America again. It's cool. Yeah. And Steve can always go off and do something else. Give him, Steve, give him Steve, the shield. Steve can also still be Captain America if he wants to. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, whatever. It's cool. Like, that's, like, we can have both. I think, I think the only person who doesn't really, like, need or, like, have that identity anymore is Captain America being stuck with him is Bucky. Yeah. Bucky is going to do Yeah. Yeah. So he's fine. Okay. All right. A little, re- a little remix. Have you ever relaunched him before? No, I think that was the first time, actually. Starting off oh, with the new okay. year with the fave. Okay, yes. Bringing the faves. All right. I love that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, then that brings us to the end of the show. Oh, oh. Before we get up out of here, we're going to mm-hmm. be doing the- Let them know. Here, first one, and we're going to be reading Doom War. Excuse me, Doom War. <laughs> I mentioned that <laughs> earlier about it's really interesting Doom story, and Black Panther and Storm are in it. Um, there's some fun moments from Sue and Storm in it. I think are really fun. So uh, it'll be interesting to read. I haven't read this in 
I think since it came out, and I think it came cool. out in like 2010. So uh, this, this, right, <laughs> it'll be interesting to kind of reread this. Um, so yeah, definitely join us. Um, and we'll be talking about uh, Doom more. You can check it out on Marvel Unlimited or pretty much anywhere you get your comic books. I know they're out there, so check those out. Um, but yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. You can find us anywhere you get your podcast. Please rate and subscribe us. We definitely really appreciate all the comments and stuff and all the love. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Another Relaunch, on Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can email us any of your questions and thoughts, anything you may want us to read out loud um, at Another Relaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys know you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance, and there's an underscore at the end. Let's get up out of here, and we'll catch y'all next week. See ya.